Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Alarmy. Check out Alarmist on Patreon for ad-free episodes and bonus content. Here's a preview of our Guest Alarmist series, only on Patreon. Like, what is that instinct that made you run to the bathroom? Shame. Oh, hundred percent. I was. I felt so ashamed. <laughs> this was like it was. She was like an older woman too. Right. And she had this. Like, you were disgracing her. I, she was disgraced. Like make no mistake. She like if she came in with grace, she was disgraced. Yes. Go to Patreon.com/slash/TheAlarmist and subscribe today. Now, on to our episode. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing the flu pandemic of 1918, also known as the Spanish flu. Here's what you need to know. What is now known as the Spanish flu was one of the most deadly plagues in human history, an influenza virus that was exacerbated by World War I and spread throughout the entire globe, altering the course of history. There's no way to know for certain where the virus originated, but many historians believe it was outside of Camp Funston, a U.S. military base in Kansas. 
Several young men from a nearby town had flu-like symptoms around the time they reported to training camp. The virus then spread to other soldiers in the training camp who were headed to war in Europe. Other possible origins include the Shaanxi province in China, or the trenches of World War I in Etaple, France, or Aldershot, UK. The outbreak happened in three major waves. The first wave was in the spring of 1918. It was a more mild strain, known as the three-day flu, and it had a 2% mortality rate, which is typical for influenza. However, in the tight trenches and barracks of the war front, the virus morphed into a more deadly version of itself. When the second wave hit in the fall of 1918, the mortality rate is believed to have shot up to 10% in certain areas. By this time, the disease had made its way to the Caribbean, South America, West Africa, South Africa, Russia, and Asia. The third and final wave came in the fall of 1919, with outbreaks almost everywhere on the globe, including Australia. This wave had the cruel irony of taking the lives of some soldiers who had managed to survive the war. Symptoms of the disease included headaches and fatigue, a dry hacking cough, loss of appetite, sweating, and stomach aches. It was in many cases complicated by bacterial pneumonia, which was often the cause of death. Many of the infected got a blue-violet skin color in their face. Complications also came about because of doctors misdiagnosing patients, which is understandable because at the time, they didn't even have a word for virus. The effect it had on healthy young men altered the war strategy and is widely believed to have led to the collapse of the German armed forces and the end of the Great War. Fun Facts, aka Death Stats. The United States lost 675,000 people to the Spanish flu in 1918. More casualties than World War I, World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War combined. This means about a third of the U.S. population was infected. From 1918 to 1919, an estimated 500 million people were infected globally. The flu killed about 50 million people. Those between the ages of 20 to 40 were most affected. An estimated 43,000 servicemen mobilized for World War I died of influenza. The flu completely wiped out some villages in Alaska and others lost most of their adult population in a matter of weeks. More people died of influenza in a single year than in four years of the Black Death, AKA the bubonic plague, from 1347 to 1351. Five pandemics have occurred in the past century, 1918, 1957, 1968, 2009, and 2020. The 1918 pandemic was the worst of them. The month of peak mortality in the pandemic was November 1918, the same month that the war ended. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And we're very excited for our guest today, um, our friend, writer, comedian? I mean, all, all the things, actor, Avital Ash. Hi, Avital. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thanks um, for having me. We, uh, I want to tell our listeners that uh, they really should subscribe 
to um, your mailing list because you are about to take out your uh, solo show. It's going to go. It's You're going to put it up in New York. You're going to put it up in the UK. That's right. And it's called Avital Ash Workshops Her Suicide Note. Yes. <laughs> Please okay. go to avitalash.com, subscribe, follow the handles, and check out the show when it comes out. Thank you. Uh, yes. You, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the show? Yeah. Uh, it is funnier than the title. But there's a lot of uh, heavy themes in there, too. And and roughly, you know, I've been uh, depressed my whole life. My biological mom committed suicide when I was a baby, oh. which sounds sad, but I was a very bad baby. Oh, so it makes sense. <laughs> oh shit. Um, and that's kind of the area that we're yeah. in. Yeah. Sure. Hey. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I had a great time doing it. I did uh, the Edinburgh Fringe for the full month. It got incredible then- reviews. Yeah, I'm, I feel hit. very lucky. Thank you. It, it did get some very, very kind reviews. And then um, I, I only had done it in L.A. as like a work in progress trying to find it. So I'm going to do it in L.A. for the first time, then New York, then back in London, back in Edinburgh. And well, we'll see. Well, that's exciting. Um, Thank you. We, we ha- love to start off the show by asking our guest, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this I think is so dark. Nice. <laughs> We're ready. On theme, you're on brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Because there's been a lot. Sure. But then this thing just happened. So already there was stuff keeping me up at night, not sleeping well. And then at like 1 a.m. I ended up on Reddit and it was like, uh, who's someone where like they're so terrible that it's ruined their art for you and you can't watch their movies or listen to their mm-hmm. music. So I was just like scrolling the answers that people left. And then somebody wrote... I can't listen to Lost Prophets anymore. I wasn't a huge Lost Prophets fan. Don't know if you even know them. They're I, a Welsh band. Okay. No, uh, don't yeah, know. Yeah, not, not familiar. But when I was about 15, I met the singer and I have his number in my phone. I actually checked. I have two numbers for him in my phone, Ooh. like an American number and a Welsh number. Okay. So I'm like, how much did I talk to this guy? And was it him? Was it someone else in the band? I looked it up. It was him. <gasps> And it is like the most, it's weird to say this excitedly, it is like the most vile shit that you can imagine. Oh my God. He was um, uh, molesting like babies. Oh my God. Yeah. <gasps> horrific. <And laughs> horrific. That's why I'm like, I don't know. Do you want to hear this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, so you had no, first of all, you had no idea that um, no idea. he had been charged with this. And, and he's you, been in prison and he got stabbed in prison, which is good. Oh, wow. He didn't die. Wow. But. Yes, insane. And the most horrific part is that he was like working with the moms in at least two cases where the moms were like involved. Oh my God. Like mm. seemingly like groupies who really liked him were like, sure, you can have access to my 10 month old. Like, <gasps> insane. Wow. You're like, how does this even happen? And then I was reading the court documents, and then that's been like uh, a lot of <laughs> what I've been thinking about this week is you're like, I've talked to this person and I don't remember right. it that well. Right. But I definitely wasn't like, oh, this is an evil person. Right. Like there was no part of me. You go back and you're like, were there clues? Was is yeah. the is the alarm that like you were in touch with this man or the fact that you may be in touch with other people like it and you just don't know wow. it yet? That's a great question. I think it's all it's this like macro sense of like, wow, you just don't have right. any fucking clue. Yeah. yeah. 
if you want to read up, I guess there's a documentary I haven't watched yet, but I, but yeah. Wow. Is that fun? Is that fun for a podcast? That <laughs> that's real. Is that is real. Very, that's very real. real. That's I'm the real Avital Ash. How, um, yeah, yeah, the real. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to transition from that. How to make that funny. Or... Well, we don't have to make it funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, no one's listening beyond here. They're just like, fuck this guest. <laughs> I'm done. You know what? It's just hard not to make the whole show about this. I know. Right, right. Because that's another thing so you want to dive like, into. Yeah, about so mm. much, but. Well, um, but you know yeah. what's also surprisingly um, similar to uh, events that occurred, that traumatic events in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Our traumatic. The Spanish flu. The Spanish flu. That, <laughs> oh, I was waiting for. <laughs> that, that was, that, uh, that's right. <laughs> also yeah. pretty macro, was, you know, like it's, it was pretty omnipresent. Yes. That's true. That is true. Um, We're still dealing with flus. Mm. We're all, I am method and so i developed a cough for this episode oh. <laughs> oh me too i've been i've been workshopping mine for a few weeks actually i'm very committed to the craft <laughs> so we won't have to cut out the coughing we'll just compare and see who has the best one you know what i think in this episode we should keep all coughs okay how about that yeah, that's okay fair. that's fine i will not edit them out i'll mark them and before yeah. we can decide to keep them <laughs> yeah it'll it's part of the sound design Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ACAG show. All coughs are good. By the end, we'll all be dying of influenza. Right. But Perfect. you know, uh, at the end of the day, we you would not have wanted to be alive. It see, sounds like a very scary time to be alive. 1918. Oh my God, yes. The numbers yes. are like the statistics are out of this world, like scary. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Right. Going and, up from 2% mortality to 10%. Yeah. Yeah. So scary. So scary. Something uh, I, I read, I mean, they, they, they think that it was 50 million people that died, mm. but some, you know, there are some estimates that are like 500 mi million people. You know, well, they were infected. We're infected for sure. But, um, the, you know, the estimates are are are. They're a massive high. range. They're yeah. a huge range. Like they can be as low as 20 million or as high as 100 million because there was so much unknown around yes. it. And the, again, we have to remember there weren't any tests. You couldn't just get yourself a coat like you now it's interesting to be recording this podcast post um uh, covid okay. i mean post covid i say that in it with like quotes air quotes um but at, at least it's it's been you know three years since mm -hmm. uh, almost since lockdown mm -hmm. we know a, a decent amount more than we did um i feel like when when covid hit people were like it's like the spanish flu and everyone was like kind of rushing to compare Mm. Um, and to draw any kind of uh, wisdom or or anything from what happened then, right? Uh, but now with time, we 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 do see the similarities. Um, yet at that time in 1918, there were no tests. Like you can just go to the pharmacy and get yourself a COVID test. Be like, it's this is it. I've got the. I've got the influenza of 1918. No, exactly. Right. <laughs> it wasn't a wonder... word yet, right? Flu wasn't like a word yeah. that we learned. Right, exactly. Right, like now doctors are terrible at diagnosing you with stuff and we have names for right. it. Right. Then like there wasn't even the name, so they were awful at it. I also wonder if it was like with COVID where like your symptoms could range from literally nothing or a cough to death. Mm. 
Yes, right. I, I, I believe there were uh, similarly there were in, asymptomatic uh, people who had it, and then that of course makes the spread worse. And mm-hmm. um, they they hadn't even like been able to see. Uh, the, uh, I don't know how science works, but they couldn't <laughs> see the uh, uh, a virus under a microscope yet. They could see bacteria, but they couldn't see viruses. Right. Right. Okay. So that- imagine how confusing this must have been. Right. Um, and if you feel well, like there's no reason not to go out and give it to everyone else because mm-hmm. you have no idea. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we should start off by putting not the Spanish up okay. on the board. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, um, explain why. <laughs> this is, of course, known as the Spanish flu. and But in fact, it didn't originate in Spain. So this is, uh, and, and, and perhaps we should also put the press up on the board sure. as well. Let's do it. This is from history.com. Uh, though news coverage uh, of, it, of the flu originated in Spain. During World War I, Spain was a neutral country with free media that covered the outbreak from the start, first reporting on it in Madrid in late May of 19, 1918. Meanwhile, allied countries and the central powers had wartime censors who covered up news of the flu to keep morale high. Because Spanish news sources were the only ones reporting on the flu, many believed it originated there. The Spanish, meanwhile, believed the virus came from France and called it the French flu. It seems very much like whoever smelt it dealt it. Like they were like, this thing's (laughs) happening. And they're like, it was you. Mm. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Um, I, I think that's exactly... What happened, and also the the fact that censorship was so big during this time because of the war, the war which we're obviously we're going to put up on the board as well. Um, so they were just stifling reports and 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 trying to hide information uh, because they didn't want people to panic. And they also it was strategic too, military rise, right? right. Like you didn't want yes. people, the other side. You didn't want the other side to know that all your troops were sick. Well, you didn't, and you also didn't want the your own country to realize that they were when when all these Being troops sent, were going yeah. abroad. You know, it was almost a death sentence for 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 many of them because they knew the numbers at that point, and they knew right. that some of them would succumb to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Dark. Yeah. There's a lot dark. of distrust. Yeah. That that uh, you know so so the war effort and then also the press you have up on the board i see clayton put up you um, want to put the war oh, can effort? you see a board can you see a board somewhere oh yes i have it here which i'm going to share with you later unless you want to look at it now i guess we could well i don't know lo- can you guys see it now can everyone see it but me is the board in the room <laughs> pretty much right now yeah <laughs> okay. you're you're, the, on a, you're i'm the, on a google doc you're the american okay. public and we're the newspapers not reporting the spanish flu <laughs> <laughs> okay perfect do you so, want to see the board now though or do you want to wait does it help our storyline if i am in the dark like the public <laughs> <laughs> yes i think okay. you be the public Right. Okay. For now. Yeah. That way you think the podcast is going great. Like yeah. they thought the war was going great. It's very, this is your method. So this should work for you, right? It's perfect. Right. Writing yeah. on the board. She is bad. <laughs> Worst guest we've ever You're gonna had. See can, you it. Believe, can you believe she opened with a story about baby rape? Why is she here? Um, so, yeah. So we're putting up the war effort. I mean, the, and as we should put... Um, the early military camps. Mm. Um, 
I'm going to read a lot and then we'll talk about okay. it. This is from Smithsonian Magazine. Several Haskell County men in Kansas who had been exposed to influenza went to Camp Funston in central Kansas. Days later, on March 4th, the first soldier known to have, the, uh, to have influenza reported ill. The huge army base was training men for combat in World War I, and within two weeks, 1,100 soldiers were admitted to the hospital, with thousands more sick in barracks. Mm. 38 died. Then, infected soldiers likely carried influenza from Funston to, to other army camps in the States. 24 of 36 large camps had outbreaks, sickening tens of thousands before carrying the disease overseas. Meanwhile... The disease spread into U.S. civilian communities. So um, there were no response uh, or acknowledgement to the epidemics in March and April in the military camps. It was unfortunate that no steps were taken to prepare for the usual reoccurrence of the virulent influenza strain in the winter. Now, this is in regards to World War I. The disease caused by a new variant of the influenza virus was spread in part by troop movements during World War I. Some believed infected soldiers spread the disease to other military camps across the country and then brought it overseas. In March 1918, 84,000 American soldiers headed across the Atlantic and were followed by 118,000 more in the following months. This is from Human Virology uh, in Stanford uh, paper. The war brought the virus back into the U.S. for the second wave of the epidemic. It first arrived in Boston in September of 1918, through the port busy with war shipments of machinery and supplies. The war also enabled the virus to spread and diffuse. Men across the nation were mobilizing to join the military and the cause. As they came together, they brought the virus with them and to those they, con uh, and to those they contacted. The virus killed almost 200,000 in October of 1918 alone. Mm. And that is just in the United States, I believe. Mm -hmm. In November, uh, in November 11 of 1918, the end of the war enabled a resurgence as people celebrated uh, with parades and large parties, a complete disaster from the public health standpoint. Right. A rebirth of the epidemic occurred in some sp cities. Mm -hmm. So not only was uh, not only were they spreading just because they were traveling you know travel was very important at mm -hmm. that time we were going back and forth we had the troops were coming home so it's spreading that way but it's also just people were having parties and celebrating mm -hmm. and um i can't imagine if you think about it i can't imagine a world war during covid times mm -hmm. right right no that's exactly like where what you're being enlisted been. to serve and you have really no choice but to go Right. And already people with COVID, like we were acting like it is a war. You right. Know, like, I have to stay home. This is awful. Imagine if you didn't. Right. So much worse. Yeah. And we were talking about this yesterday. Like we are probably traumatized by COVID in ways that we don't realize yet. Right. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. because yeah. it was. Um, and, and, and war, you know. Having gone to a, a, through a world war is traumatizing as well. Put those two together. <laughs> right. Yeah. The right. trauma of that generation is, it speaks volumes. I mean, it's. It does. 
Well, that's why it's good that they suppressed it because you actually can't have a trauma response if you don't know what's going on and that's much healthier. <laughs> that's right. And it doesn't seep through in any other ways, which is what's awesome about repressing <laughs> trauma. You don't see it come out. in, in... <laughs> No, if you shove it down deep enough, it evaporates or turns into a diamond, like pressure on coal or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the other factor that like is part of all of this too, the pandemic, the the wartime, but also just like the lack of like uh, sanitation, like in unhealthy living quarters, like the practice of hygiene was yeah. very different back then. Mm -hmm. Almost like they just didn't have a protocol, say they were kind of ignorant to it, you know what I mean? But it only exacerbated the effects. Mm -hmm. And contrast that again with COVID where it was like hand sanitizer everywhere. everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. There, I mean, there's we, there are some lessons learned for sure, but yeah. back then just like, more poverty, more unsanitary conditions, like just made for even worse spread and contagion. Yeah. And and people were living. I mean, this, these are the times of like tenements mm. going on in, in, in or city living was not what city city living is today. Mm -hmm. I mean, th there were so many people jam packed in very poor conditions, and also unable to. Um, unable to work right right and and the it, it's not like there was a lot of uh, uh government support like in terms of like funding or right. and any sort of help in that way so so the breadwinners were dying were, breadwinners were dying and yeah. also you were having to make the decision of do you stay home and protect yourself or do you go out to work and not to say that people didn't you know if, if you can of course now all we can do is compare our experience through what we went through to mm. this very similar pandemic that happened a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. But, and, and not to say that people didn't have to make those decisions during COVID. Um, but, but back then it was like, you, you, you were just, it, it, you, it must've been so scary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, you know, the, there was government aid to incentivize staying home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You maybe couldn't afford to stay home. Yeah. Right. And, and right. You need difference. medicine or, you know, you need the money to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. And the difference too, that like, you know, I mean, I know we don't want to spend too much time comparing, but like with COVID, it was like international. And because like news is so international these days, like you kind mm -hmm. of knew instantly globally what was happening. Whereas mm -hmm. back in 1918, you don't necessarily know what's going on on the other side of the globe. It's like, it's a domestic problem. And this, like, you just don't know the scale, but what's crazy about it is COVID was a huge thing. I mean, it just stopped the world. It felt like, but like the numbers are much smaller compared to the Spanish yeah. flu, mm -hmm. which not everyone knew about, but was killing such a large percentage of the population when you actually look at the numbers, which is the scariest part of it, I think. We, okay. I, I feel like we should put the virus up on the board, yes. the virus itself. <laughs> How, do you want to just call it the virus or do you want to? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess there's the, the influenza we, virus. Sure. I don't know exactly which one it one we'd put up on the board because I'm sure it's like a type, variants. right? There's like yeah. type A H1, or B or the, right. Uh, H1N1. It's funny if you remember Trump saying like that this was all being blown out of proportion, that the flu kills more people. And actually what that means is not that COVID wasn't serious, it's that the flu is also very serious. Right. Yeah. Yes. Can be. Yeah. So this is from a Pan American Health Organization. 
No matter what they called it, the virus attacked everyone similarly. It started like any other influenza case, with a sore throat, chills, and fever. Then came the deadly twist. Twist. The virus ravaged its victims' lungs. Um, so the, the, from what I've read, it would people would turn a, a bluish red color their mm. skin would there would also be um i know <laughs> and a crackling of the lungs when you would breathe Oof. um you would also bleed from your ears and 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 uh, sometimes your nose and your mouth um horror I mean, movie stuff yeah and it, it, what was scary about this too is that like it really affected the like healthier younger like 20 to 40 segment of the population because of the like intense immune yes. response like I want to talk about that that's very important that we talk about this is from the National Archives the plague did not discriminate it was rampant in urban and rural areas from the densely populated east coast to the remotest parts of Alaska young adults usually unaffected by these types of infectious diseases were among the hardest hit groups along with the elderly and young children in one year the average life expectancy in the United States dropped by 12 years wow. so i just want to note that in 1917 life expectancy was 48.4 just so without the low. without the virus without the virus yeah wow. that's crazy that's pretty low <laughs> we're oh almost God. dead just yeah, so you know we're elderly okay <laughs> In 1918, it went down to 36.6. Wow. So we're dead in 1918. We're dead. Yeah. We're dead. Goodbye. <laughs> Crazy. Um, this is, okay, this is from BBC. To understand why the 1918 strain would have had it, this effect, we need to return to its origins. The 1918 flu is thought to have only just evolved from a strain that typically infected birds acquiring mutations that allowed it to infect the upper respiratory system. This meant that it could be transmitted through the air in coughs, coughs and sneezes. Coughs. Mm. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> more, it, it. So it was infected more easily this way. This is important for two reasons. Without previous exposure to the virus, the body's immune system would not have been able to produce an efficient response. Just as importantly, however, the virus itself had not yet fully adapted to life in a human body. Mm. Contrary to expectations, it is not normally within a flu's virus interest to kill the host. It is not good for the virus to kill the host as soon as it infects it because the, that host has less chance of passing the virus onto other people, says uh, Barkley. Instead, it just needed to hitch a ride for long enough to spread through the coughs and sneezes. As a result, most viruses evolve to become less pathogenic over time but the 1918 virus had not yet made those adjustments. So maybe wow. we need to put the lethality of this specific strain on the board. Like we have the virus itself, but like maybe the fact that this one was like so new to the human body. That, maybe like, like which... our lack of immunity. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, this is from, oh, okay, so this is in regards to how it killed so many young people. This is from B uh, the BBC. Besides replicating very quickly, the 1918 strain seems to trigger a particularly intense response from the immune system, including a cytokine storm, the rapid release of immune cells and inflammatory molecules. Although a robust immune response should help us fight infection, an overreaction of this kind 
of this kind can overload the body, leaving leading to severe inflammation and a buildup of fluid in the lungs that could increase the chances of secondary infections. The cytokine storm might help to explain why young, healthy adults who normally find it easier to shake off flu were the worst affected, since Mm. in this case, their stronger immune systems created an even more severe cytokine storm. So isn't that interesting that just the fact that they were healthier was actually... put them in a, at a disadvantage. Right. Yeah, and they didn't really discover this cytokine storm until like what, like the fifties or sixties or something. Um, let me Should look we that put up. Cytokine storm but, on the board. But yeah, it was just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, and it, it created. It was awful to read about because it created basically like a feeling like you were drowning in your Ugh. own body. Like your where your lungs would create fluid and you would have mm. you would like drown in your own body oh, which God. is like so disturbing <laughs> that one wasn't so bad but i feel like the just the talk of it, it was, was like, oh, I can she's like it. checking her lungs <laughs> <laughs> do i feel like i'm drowning oh god am i drowning <laughs> i'm drowning right now on the podcast oh god <laughs> i mean that is crazy crazy and 1974 it was sir it was first discovered and people would wake up being feeling like oh i'm not feeling too great and then by the end of the day they were dead yeah mm. it was yeah, fast it happened super fast it's interesting that we were trying to you know adapt and adjust and survive and the virus was doing the same thing like it kind of mm-hmm. did it right wrong. yeah well the- like oh i didn't mean to kill you that fast i was trying to <laughs> right my Oops, bad sorry Oops. yeah <laughs> it just everybody it, was failing the, the life of a virus is just like they're just like kind of like surfing from body to body just like hoping to like go as long as they can like it's such a weird organism that right. they yeah, it's like yeah. a shitty star fucker or something like that yeah. in, the, in in hollywood you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's like a, a name couch a surfer. name dropper <laughs> <Yes>. yeah <laughs> couch surfer. yeah exactly like i can think of a few people who i won't talk i won't talk about on the okay, podcast yeah. but like a few names come to mind about actors yeah. who are kind of like viruses <laughs> right and if they sleep on your couch and they burn it up then no one's gonna let them sleep on their couch so then right. they basically die that's kind of it mm-hmm. right yeah you want, you want to be a good enough guest that someone's like they were annoying but they were tolerable we'll let them into our home you know? yes right, right. Yeah. you don't want to cause a cytokine storm no <laughs> not too quickly because then you're gonna run out of people that you exactly. can sleep on your on their couch yeah i also have people coming to mind and also won't say their name but it feels really apt yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect comparison so mm. n- from now on we're gonna start calling people uh like that viruses <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i was a virus staying with me instead of a guest <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um something i found that was interesting uh people talk about uh president Woodrow wilson's mm. uh connection to perhaps making the flu and uh, not making the flu worse, but well, it's like that connection to World War Two, <laughs> right? Well, his involvement in World War Two. I mean, the whole thing with the this virus and World War Two is that they're so, or World War yeah. One is that they're so interconnected. Yeah. Let Let me read this and then tell me what you guys. Okay. You know what you guys think? Okay. This is from. We should put uh, President uh, Woodrow Wilson okay. Wilson up on the board. Um, this is from Smithsonian Magazine on April third, nineteen nineteen. During the Versailles Peace Conference, Woodrow Wilson collapsed. His sudden weakness 
and severe confusion halfway through the conference, widely commented upon, very possibly contributed to his abandoning his principles. The result was the disastrous peace treaty, which would later contribute to the start of World War II. Some historians have attributed Wilson's confusion to a minor stroke. In fact, he had a 103-degree temperature, intense coughing fits, diarrhea, and other serious symptoms. A stroke explains none of the symptoms. Mm. Influenza, which was then widespread in Paris and killed a young aide to Wilson, explains all of them, including his confusion. Experts would later agree that many patients afflicted by the pandemic influenza had cognitive or psychological symptoms. As an authoritative 1927 medical review concluded, quote, there is no doubt that the neuropsychiatric effects of influenza are profound, hardly second to its effect on the respiratory system. So it's possible that we could blame World War II on the the Spanish flu. Well, that's it. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Later. Amazing. Are we, are we determining, um, like, like what's to blame for like how deadly this, this pandemic was or like how practical, like li- literal are we being, I guess, for like, what's to blame for the Spanish flu? Good question. Or like I think what's for, to blame for, for the spread? For, I, I think just for how it was a, such a global okay. killer, like a, it was a pandemic and it, 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 yeah, I think how it affected so many people. So we're not mm-hmm. trying to get to, oh, it was like a pig that, or like a bird kind of situation that sparked. It's more like what blended, right. what contributed to like the mass spread of this. I think so. It's really, okay. it's one of those things where no one really knows where it right. actually started. Right. Some people say it was Kansas. Some people say it was uh, in France. Some people say it was, uh, I, I forget, you know, it, it, there are theories about where it could have started. But definitely spread very quickly because of the the war effort. And- right. Okay. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 viruses like this, I'm, I'm sure existed and were localized and you know were harmful to a certain population, but didn't last so long that they were able to sort of what did they do? They like morph into a new strain, like a worse strain, spread more quickly and i think with like more in the as they get into more bodies they they there are more variations are created right mm-hmm. i mean i'm again this would be better for an expert to talk mm. about but like but yeah the spread of the flu was part of what made it so deadly yeah i think mm-hmm. and i think we should also put capitalism up on the board because you know i think that the government's need to keep things quiet Mm-hmm. stemmed from the fact that the country needed to continue to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? To continue producing you enough whatever we were doing for the, the wartime effort. And nice. like we couldn't, they couldn't let people know because then they, they just essentially sacrificed all of its citizens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we, we, let's put that on the board, uh, not just work, but like more specifically like governments, like it's almost like not an agenda, but it feels like very calculated that they were withholding information. It's like, what's a good phrase for that? I'm trying to think of it too. I mean, I keep like thinking propaganda of like the... or something. <laughs> That's a really loaded oh, word. Right. But... <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. I mean, capitalist wh- propaganda. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. the capital uh, the capitalist machine 
Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, um, the, the deadly. What's the sheriff or whatever in, uh, in Amity in Jaws? When it's oh. like, you know, we have to close the beaches and right. you know, it's all about the tourism. And yes. Keeping... Yeah. The beaches open. They were trying to keep the beaches open. Yes. Because it's, uh, it's the summer. That's when they make their money. Yeah. In those summer towns. Chief Martin Brody. Okay. No, so he's the good guy. He's the, oh. he's the one trying he's to the, shut down the beach. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So, Sorry. Uh, we did the, we it's covered the mayor this. who doesn't want yeah, to close. Yeah, it's the mayor. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look up the What's mayor in Jaws. <laughs> Come on. Larry Vaughn. What is it? Larry Vaughn. Larry Vaughn. So the Vaughn effect. We can call oh, it the Larry Vaughn effect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got how there, you, guys. How do you spell yes. Vaughn? V-A-U-G-H-N. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. a more villainous spelling, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Versus just the regular V O N. Yeah, you could have gone V O N. Not a grocery store, the invisible U G H really. You could have so gone A W N and that would have been nice. That's like a fawn. You know, like that's, that's yeah. too sweet. That's too sweet. No, no Vaughn. Too cute. I want to put two other things up on the board and we'll briefly discuss. Okay. Um one of them is mi the misdiagnosing that was happening at the time. Mm -hmm. um, this is from history.com. With no cure for the flu, many doctors prescribed medication that they felt would alleviate symptoms, including aspirin, which had been trademarked by Bayer in 1899, a patent that expired in 1917, meaning new companies were able to produce the drug during the Spanish flu epidemic. Before the spike in deaths attributed to the Spanish flu, the U.S. Surgeon General uh, Navy and the Journal of American Medical Association had all recommended the use of aspirin. Medical professionals advise patients to take up to 30 grams per day, mm. a dose now known to be toxic. For comparison's sake, the medical consensus today is that doses above four grams are unsafe. Wow. Wow. Symptoms of aspirin poisoning include hyperventilation and pul pulmonary edema or the buildup of fluid in the lungs. And mm. it is now believed that many of the October deaths were actually caused by, uh, caused or hastened by aspirin, aspirin poisoning. poisoning. Wow. Wow. So you want to, what do you want to put that, you want to label that for the board, yeah? I think misdiagnosing. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, the, yeah, go ahead, Avital. Oh, just also completely misunderstanding the medicine. Well, yes. Right, right. It was right. a new and, drug. Yeah. Because I would think in the right doses that could help because it's still fighting inflammation, right? I always mix up like Advil, aspirin, and mm -hmm. yeah. have different mechanisms. But I think they all work on inflammation, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I honestly, I, I think they're, I know Tylenol. Tylenol, and, Advil, yeah. It's an, they're it's pain inflamed. relievers. We're an, ibupro <laughs> we're an ibuprofen household. We don't... Ibuprofen, I think, is the one that definitely decreases inflammation. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is what's in Ad Advil is basically ibuprofen. Yeah. Tylenol yeah. has a different approach, but it's also an anti-inflammatory. And we're talking aspirin, right? So is that still an anti-inflammatory? Aspirin? Uh, what what I is it? It's, doesn't up. it thin out your blood? This is this is where we, everyone finds out how dumb we all really are. <laughs> Which is really funny because we all like that's meds that we all have access to so yes. easily now. Even when you said four hundred grams or whatever, I'm like, sure, that's probably normal. And then it was like the standard is four. Yeah. Yeah. It's an anti-inflammatory. Yes. Also. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 So that it thins out your blood lives. or something. People take it for heart. Ear, okay. Heart. Mm -hmm. um, but just the anti-inflammatory part seems like it could have saved lives yes. if they weren't giving so much of it. Yeah. yeah. 
So I feel like that's I'm a doctor. <laughs> We're not doctors. We're definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea, but that seems. Yeah, I mean, I, and another thing I want to put up on the board was was a shortage of available doctors and nurses. Mm, not right. just because they had gone overseas to help with the war effort, but because. In like imagine in a small town, you know, maybe the doctor got sick. Maybe there's only one or two doctors yeah. in the town. The doctors right. get sick themselves. They're having to, uh, you know, work with patients all the time. And mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden there's no doctor in that town right. or, you know, yeah. every not only were they short staffed, but they were becoming ill and. I mean, I, I can't imagine what a mess that would have been. Yeah. It's also crazy to think that seeing a doctor at that time could have saved your life or could have been the nail in the coffin. Like right. maybe you would have beat it on your own, yeah. but you don't survive the aspirin poisoning. Right. So. And also so. access to doctors, right? Wasn't it like only, did you just say this, that only the rich had access to doctors? No, but I, I would believe it. Yeah. I would so believe that. Access is important. And also just think about the... Remember how bad it was like when they were talking about how like the buildup of bodies during COVID in like our advanced times of medicine and science. Imagine yeah. back mm -hmm. then all of yeah. the like even higher death toll, like where are mm. all of these infected deceased going? Like what mm. do you do? Yeah, That's that because the and in some places they wouldn't allow for gatherings, right? And what would you do? They wouldn't be able to have a funeral. So I in my research I found sometimes you would just have like the this this like deceased body on mm. your sort of porch on like in in a in a coffin mm. with just like yeah. nothing there's no ceremony or anything no wow. um, so i mean talk about that drama too right so Terrible. we had nothing to complain about during covid i guess no <laughs> we had zoom we had tv we yeah, had right, food, delivery. <laughs> food delivery food yeah, delivery right yeah. <laughs> oh, yo, yo. we are babies yeah 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 <laughs> Um, hard is hard. I don't mean to just, you know, no, sure. it was traumatic. Um, <laughs> I'm in like a small minority there where like, I'm so anxious all the time and feel like everything is about to explode. So when everybody else was anxious, I had a real reprieve. Oh, so when people are like, it was traumatic. I'm like, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> was traumatized. I can totally yeah. see that. Finally. It's for like, you, oh, yeah. now everyone is freaking out as much as I am. Right. <laughs> yes. What a relief. Right. Like, I can finally calm down. <laughs> It felt kind of good. So I do understand that. Yeah. I know. And it's like you don't have to uh, explain yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, right. yeah, now you know. <laughs> yes. Everybody just assumes you're anxious because the world's on fire. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, exactly. that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good time for me. <laughs> Minus people dying. Of yes, course. of course. Understood. <laughs> but um, I, I'm... I, there's no way to put this up or on the board, but I do want to talk about masks as well, because apparently people were anti-maskers even during the 1918 mm -hmm. uh, wow. uh, pandemic. Mm. Um, there were the anti-mask league that sprung they, up. Put them on the board. Anti <laughs> yeah, anti-mask league. Um, and, and, you know, there were particular cities like San Francisco and Pasadena, California. Mm that were the first to put out um, masking rules, mm -hmm. like masking wow. laws. And they would fine people $5. And if they couldn't, if they were caught without a mask and then they would, um, if they couldn't pay for the fine, they, you'd go to jail for like a few days. 
Um, and it was. I wonder if it lines up with any of sort of the political implications now. Interesting. Like if it would fall in the same kind of yeah. party line. Yes, I wonder because it did become very politicized at the time. Yes. As oh, then too. It, it, I'm at sure that time, but yeah, I wonder that. if it would um, coincide with <laughs> yeah um, the same parties. Yeah. Um, wow, that's so interesting. It's like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, and th- but they would also um, what what is it they would call them? Um, people who are anti-mask slackers, the slackers, slackers. <laughs> slackers. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like it could have been the same thing in twenty twenty? Totally, totally. Okay, I feel like we have a good board. We have hefty, a hefty. One thing tonnage. I want to address because is the first thing you said was that we kind of, it's kind of a misnomer the Spanish flu, obviously. Do you want to continue to call it the Spanish flu for the for the remainder of the podcast? Or should uh, we the call in- it the influenza? The flu pandemic of 1918. Right. Sure, we could call it the flu pandemic. We'll put it. That's uh, good. Yeah, and we'll we'll put it on the. Uh, we'll call it the flu influenza pandemic of 1918, and, and we'll also put Spanish flu on the title. So when people search. They'll find it. It does probably not even need to be called out, but wow, those parallels too of like Trump calling it the China right. virus and come right. flu. Oh it's yeah, it's just quick. Just the name is political. Yep, quick to point fingers. Yeah. Um. Well, like uh, I think in this in South America they called it like the the Wilson flu or something. Like they named it after our president wow. because oh wow because I guess they were like it was basically whoever you wanted to blame you could just like mm-hmm. call it yeah. that sort of a Rorschach test yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um marketing I mean the names yeah. are titles are powerful mm-hmm. yes <laughs> um okay so let's take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the board imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Okay, who's to blame for the flu pandemic of 1918? Is it not the Spanish, the press, <laughs> war, World War I, the war effort, the early military camps, the influenza virus itself, uh -huh. <laughs> Continue. lack of immunity, <laughs> poor living conditions slash hygiene, Cytokine storm, President Woodrow Wilson, global travel, capitalism, the capitalist machine, the Larry Vaughn effect, <laughs> misdiagnosing, keeping that beach open, mm -hmm. Mis it, misdiagnosing, misuse med misusing medicine, shortage of available doctors and nurses, or the anti-mask league and company. Ooh, This is a really tough one. One thing we mm -hmm. don't, I mean, we have early military camps, but like, you know, we there. You could trace it back to Kansas, and you could just trace it back to like that. That, but there's just not a lot of certainty in no. terms of that. Yeah, it's funny that the place in Kansas was Camp Funston, which right. sounds like a real fun. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> like, Doesn't sound so Funston no, to me. No, no Funston. It's a cruel um, joke. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, sometimes the universe has likes to have fun. Right. You know, <laughs> fun with words. Um. Yes. I also think it's interesting that like uh, there's been, I don't even know, uh, again, I'll blame being sick, but but uh, the reluctance to prescribe fun drugs because people will overuse them. So like people will need hard painkillers, but because of the opioid epidemic, I guess. Is, uh -huh. Right. But right. meanwhile, they're like over prescribing aspirin. So you're dying and you're not even having the fun <laughs> of being. <laughs> you don't get to go out high. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a waste. Oh, what a waste. Boy. So I feel like we can take out the Spanish, obviously, number one. Yeah, okay. take it out. Um, it. And, and there are a few things that we can fold into the Larry Vaughn effect, as we all know, is the, you know, the mayor of Jaws who. Didn't close the beat. Everyone the beach knows open. that. Right, yeah. Right. So, but so you I, can fold capitalism and the capitalist machine into that because it represents that. Mm -hmm, and this sure. is basic, but it kind of that folds into the war effort, kind of. Like, is what is the beach that's being kept open in our minds? Is it the? Um, the I think that's more public safety the, the, versus wartime yeah. safety. Is the okay. way I'm thinking of that. So not closing down sort of certain public spaces, that kind of thing. I feel for, like the war was like happening whether or not we liked it. It was the at home, how do you deal with the infections that you do know about that you're maybe not sharing with the enemy, but like you could control 
a sick population at home while also being in a war effort. Mm, mm. Does that I mean, make sense? The way I yeah. see the Larry Vaughn effect too is is not disclosing all information, all facts mm -hmm. to the public, right? In order to, uh, whatever your your needs might be, or in order to continue to make money, in order to continue to provide for the war, you know, just the the fact that you're trying to control the narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Right, withholding right. information. From the public. It's detrimental to public health. Gotcha. Right. Okay. 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 Which, yeah, that does make me wonder if there had been more transparency around it, would that have affected the war effort? Perhaps. Or would it be like, now people aren't partying, but you're still being shipped off to wherever and... Yeah, or it's a good change? question because it's also like how uh, anti I mean, I'm sure there are people who are anti war back then, but like how obstinate I feel like we're so used to people just like blatantly disregarding like, you know, or being skeptical of the government. And I feel mm -hmm. like the Vietnam War was like a big part of that where people were like so anti being drafted and like the political reasons for being there. But like how much of that was a part of the American psyche at this time. I think that's a great point because yeah. I don't think a lot of it. Like, I think you had way more sort of just blind patriotism at the time. Right. Big time. People were yeah. very nationalistic and there was not a lot of like anti, although maybe I'm wrong, but and maybe I guess that. No, I, 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 think, that, but. I think you're right. I mean, during both of the wars, um, you know, once the, uh, the, the U.S. went in, I think that there was a lot of support right you know for the effort for the effort yeah yeah um okay and, and you have to wonder was it was it because people didn't have all the information you know or, or maybe people would have been like let's be better here at home so that we can send healthy troops to war because the war is that important versus like mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's interesting yeah if you were if, if we were so pro war effort I, I I'm know. struck by how like global this time was in a, 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 a during a, a time where like when was the phone invented? But like, how are you talking to people? Right. <laughs> you know, the radio. There's the radio, yeah. right? So, um, but but how how uh, it just feels like a time where a lot of communication is needed. A lot of people mm. need mm -hmm. to get on board. But the the whole world is literally at war, and it's so divisive. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and there's no democratization of information mm. yeah and i'm sure it's just harder to connect yeah you can't yeah. zoom like things like move we slower said. for sure yeah what a tough time i can't imagine yeah. okay so all right do we, let's get into this yeah because there's like war effort could be probably rolled into world war one yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's do that military as could the camps, early military probably. camps right as well, as well. yeah um our lack of immunity to the virus. What was so I mean, interesting about this too was like I read that there was the possibility that because this affected as we as we talked about more uh, the healthy like middle aged people yeah, like yeah. people from twenty to like forty five or whatever, and there's a possibility that the older population had immunity through a different virus that like ravaged oh. the states in like eighteen when they were something uh, like that. Oh, so like they might have had immunity from like their childhood that w that resulted in like fewer older people dying. Interesting. Yeah. See, to, Very interesting. That to me is more like significant, like the the strand or whatever you call it of this type of virus, like the lethality versus just like 
the virus in general, right? Like the, mm -hmm. it was like the weird cocktail of it being like super lethal and, and not having been in the human body yet to like really mm. adjust to our right. biology is I think more significant than just. Just influenza. the virus. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. then, so then in that case, we take out the well, virus this. and we, we leave our lack of immunity to it. And I feel like the cyt cytokine storm folds into our lack of immunity. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like Woodrow There's... Wilson is more like, I don't think he's the cause. I think that's like a, a, a symptom of this outbreak, right? It's not like yeah. a contributing factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But look out because he might, it might be to blame for other things. You're not in the clear Bad there, judgment, Mr. Yeah. Wilson. <laughs> He'll be on our World War II board when we do yeah. it. Right. We're going to remember this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think uh, the shortage of available doctors and nurses, for the most part, can be folded into the war because yeah. mm -hmm. while it definitely did affect you know, local mm -hmm. doctors who were not involved in the war when they were, became sick. It was like mostly, I think there were a lot of doctors and nurses deployed. Mm -hmm. One point on that, Europe. that I just want to say that, that something this reminds me of, like the sadness of this. We talk a lot about like during the AIDS epidemic, like how many, like, like what could have come of all the people who died. There were so many like famous artists who died and what they would have gone on to do. And that was a much smaller thing compared to this. Like, just imagine how many amazing like scholars and doctors and like yes. scientists that we lost yeah. during this like two year period of time all over the world, not just like American, you know, doctors it, or whatever. It but changed just, our path, the yeah. path of humanity. We yeah. lost and, and you're losing people at in their prime. Mm -hmm. Like and breadwinners too, who just like would just decimate a whole family. Like you mm -hmm. lose someone and it's like, there's no way for, people to like care for themselves because of, you know, economics, mm -hmm. gender bias, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Like it's just mm -hmm. a really harrowing, tragic loss. I mean, when we think of, when we think of the, you know, the, the 1910s, right. We think of the, uh, war, the war and how hard it was. Right. Then we think of the twenties as like the roaring twenties yeah. where it's like the party. Yes. We're like, what? We're just alive. Went and then the 30s are like the depression, right? Like you realize what happened and you're finally coming Already to terms. Oh hangover. Yeah. yeah, the hangover. <laughs> um, the, the misusing of medicine, I feel like, can fold into misdiagnosing. Yeah. And we're, we're left with the press, World War I, lack of immunity, poor living conditions, the Larry Vaughn effect. Does the press go under the Larry Vaughn effect? Because they're yeah, oh yeah, I think so. Yes, yes. And I, a All part right. of me feels like the poor living conditions. Uh, I mean, it it was a huge factor. Okay, we'll leave, we'll leave it on for now. It's hard, yeah. Um, we also have misdiagnosing, and we still have the anti mask league. Uh, th those are, some of that is like it's like a tr it's like a combo. You know what I mean? Like that all falls like not masking not being able to live in like better living conditions kind of feels like it's one world i don't know mm -hmm. or it's like they're both not helping yeah there's like ways that you could help that they're like nope but it's not causing right agreed but yeah so we can take those off so we've got four biggies biggies yeah world war one lack of immunity 
the the Larry Vaughn effect and misdiagnosing. (laughs) Misdiagnosing just doesn't feel doesn't feel right. Right. I think I I think we blame and I don't know if we can blame our lack of immunity because like we can't blame our lack of knowledge towards no a a disaster. Right. That is something that if you think about even for like a minute, you're like it can make your head explode because like if you think about the fact that they didn't even know viruses existed back in like that time, then it makes you wonder what we don't know exists right now, which are (laughs) I'm sure is a lot stuff we have memes for that. We're just like, oh, we're just calling that now because we didn't know x y and z right right and And also like you were saying the older people might have had some sort of immunity but it also was killing or was not killing like babies who are usually more vulnerable Mm -hmm. so they didn't have the immunity right and we all know i mean even then you knew like kind of stay away from the sick like this wasn't the first plague in the history yeah. of the world. Right. So it's like, we know that there are things that are undiscovered yet that could decimate us. But we also know that like, if you stay away from people who are sick, you stop the spread. Yeah. Right? So this is what my instinct. I think we blame World War One, and we slap the Larry Vaughn effect. Yeah. I like that. Because I do feel that if it wasn't for World War One, we, the, the, the spread a hundred percent wouldn't have mm-hmm. been as large like one thousand percent it yeah. would not have been this large yes it, devel- it like developed and transformed in the war in europe and then we had celebrations mm-hmm. that continued the spread yeah right back exactly. Home. exactly and then you there was the larry vaughn effect where they weren't telling us like so much folds into that larry vaughn effect it's like the perfect <laughs> storm of like we have a world thing happening and no one's telling anyone anything about it right yeah i love that you're just calling it the larry vaughn effect that, as I if love it every that's time. a term <laughs> Makes me so yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna use that on future episodes yes oh, thank yeah. you for that yes. gift Avital. yes all right i'm gonna call it i'm calling it the larry vaughn effect you're getting the big slap world war one you're going to the alarmist jail and there you have it. I, I mean, Avital, you have contributed so much to this podcast. If it mm-hmm. wasn't for you, we would not have the term the Larry Vaughn effect. Yeah. Thank you so much. I sure hope that's his name, the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up, but imagine it was like the one wrong website. We're going to start getting emails from Larry Vaughn's all over the country. <laughs> yeah. being like... Could you not? <laughs> but thank you so it's much for joining us today and helping us get thank to the bottom of this. This oh. was great. I want to say it was so fun, but it also was sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> In the aftermath, subsequent research throughout the late 20th century uncovered a huge amount of information about the disease and why it was so deadly. In 1949, a researcher named Johann Holton excavated an Inuit woman's body buried in Alaska and retrieved a sample of the flu virus. Over 50 years later, that sample, combined with an effort by the USDA, led to the recreation of the virus's genetic sequence. Yep, just like in Jurassic Park. Thanks a lot, science guys. 
The Alarmist is now on Patreon. Subscribe and get ad-free content along with bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash thealarmist or check out the link in our show description. Visit our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter, at AlarmistThe. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with editing by Molly Hockey and fact-checking by Chris Smith. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Crystal Dinsberg. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the film, My Best Friend's Wedding. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.